And all that information should be up on the screen if you need to know anything about those things. Uh, let's see, we have a new item this week. Uh, we'll be taking a special offering for the Ukrainian people. As we all know, there's uh, some things going on on that side of the world, so we'll be taking a special offering um, next Sunday and the Sunday after, so that'll be April 10th and April 17th. Um, as a church family, it says here, we'll be giving special offerings to for Samaritan's Purse, um, an organization founded by Franklin Graham, providing food, water, medical assistance, and those displaced by the war in the Ukraine. Um, and you can, uh, there'll be some envelopes there on the boxes on the back, and you can just write there that that's for the Samaritan's Purse, indicate that that's what uh, that giving is for, if you do that. Uh, let's see, Easter Sunday breakfast on April 17th. It'll be served from 9 a.m. to 9.30. Uh, there'll be a Resurrection Day service following that at 10 a.m. And men, uh, we're still looking for men to help with that, so if you can help with that meal, contact Dane Johnson about that. Uh, also available now, uh, we have Tim Pomps, uh, new book, The uh, Faith in Purity, uh, Secret Code 222, The Word and Its Treasures. Um, that book can be found outside in the foyer. Uh, you can find all the information you need about that out there. Uh, let's see, and I think we have another item from Vicky, right? We have a fun announcement this morning. Josiah and Mandy are expecting a little baby girl around the end of May. So those of you who don't know that yet, um, we're excited about that. We're going to be grandparents. So, <laughs> and um, Angie is um, going to be organizing a baby shower for Josiah and Mandy, and it'll be on April 24, and both Josiah and Mandy will be there, and they're inviting both the guys and the gals to come. And so on April 24, which is the Sunday after Easter, um, either right after the service, grabbing a meal and going in, or else after the meal. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. So anyways, and they have a registry as well at both Target and Amazon. And for the Amazon one, you just go to Amazon Baby Registry and you enter Mandy's name. Um, and her name is spelled with an I-E and then our last name, Sharon. So I think that's all the details. So anyways, we're pretty excited. Thank you. All right, so uh, this morning we take tithes and offerings uh, at the back. We have boxes in the back for giving. Um, and if you're not here with us, if you're here online, um, there will be information, I think, on the screen. You can give it tenstrikechurch.com. Um, but I have a reading for us this morning from uh, The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. Uh, so these are his words and just a story that for us to sort of uh, ponder on, I guess. Uh, all right, so it goes like this. Uh, we went out to eat with a man who had just purchased a new van. We all rode in it to the restaurant, and we were talking about how nice this van was, how excited we were for him, of course. Uh, but when we returned to his home, he said, uh, help me get my stuff out of my van, wouldn't you? So I began to gather up uh, his cassette tapes and other items. This book's a little old. Um, 
Uh, after several trips, I asked, uh, do you even want that umbrella out of there, I said. And it, by the way, why are you having us move all your stuff inside? What's going on here? Uh, his response was, uh, well, obviously, I I'm giving you the van. Uh, but I need my umbrella back, of course. <clears throat> so, you know, excuse me. Uh, um, I'm, I don't think I quite heard you right. Oh, uh, yes, you did. I'm giving you this van. God told us to do so. So naturally, we were awestruck. We were grateful. We're thrilled. A brand new van at a value of $25,000. And of course, that blessing raised another question. Now that we have this van, what do we do with our old station wagon back in the driveway at home? It wasn't much to look at, but it was one of those good, reliable pieces of transportation. You know the kind. After some prayer, we felt the Lord instructing us to give our station wagon away to a family that we knew didn't have a vehicle at all. And almost immediately, someone we didn't even know gave us yet another vehicle. God told us to. So it suddenly became a very familiar explanation for why we were just getting things. After more prayer, we gave that vehicle away as well. Soon, there was just another one that arrived to replace it. And then another one. And another one. And each time, another one would show up to take its place. Over an 18-month period, we had the joyous privilege of giving away nine cars away to families that needed one. And in the middle of this amazing sequence, God did something that at first puzzled us. In the case of one of the cars we were given, our prayer for direction brought this instruction from the Lord. He said, don't give this one away. He said, sell it. At first, we weren't sure we'd heard God quite right. Um, seeking confirmation, we said, Lord, you're sure you want us to sell this one? We certainly, we like giving them away. This is really, this is kind of fun. Um, but clearly the reply said back, came back and said, no, I want you to sell this vehicle and I want you to sell it for exactly $12,000. Um, at the church that weekend, a man walks up to me and he says, hey, Robert, would you like to sell that van of yours? Somewhat startled, I say, well, yeah, actually, I do. I believe we're supposed to sell it, in fact. The man then says, I think the Lord wants me to give you uh, $12,000 for it. Does that sound good? And, of course, I sell him the vehicle. The very next week, we were scheduled to go on a missions trip to Costa Rica. So we put the $12,000 back in the bank, awaiting instructions for the Lord what to do with it next. A few days later, we found ourselves in Costa Rica, riding in a dilapidated old van owned by the missionary we were there to assist. I was genuinely concerned about whether or not we were ever going to make it to our destination, given the uh, <laughs> type of vehicle we were in. And at one point, I asked the missionary, why don't you just buy a new van? This thing's falling apart on you. And I think this is what this one's about to die. You need to just go to the Lord, get you a new one. But as a matter of fact, the missionary says, I am about to get a new van. Uh, last week, I was driving by a car lot, and the Lord told me to stop, and he pointed out a van to me and said, I want, you, I want to give you this van, and I don't want you, and I want you to pray for it. He, so I did. I prayed for it. And I don't know how the Lord is going to give me the van, though. I don't have enough money. But I know that he will do it for me. Sensing the hand of God, I asked him, curious, I said, how much do they want for it at that car lot? And I'm pretty sure that you probably could guess the answer. It was exactly $12,000. So, Father, we are going to go into our week this week. We've been singing about how good you are this morning. We've been running around the room excited about what you're doing in our world and in our lives. We hear from up the pulpit how good you are. 
But Jesus, when we go into our lives this week, let our prayers be to a God that is not just one who is just good in an ideal sense, but good in the real sense, good in the sense that you touch our hearts and touch our lives, and you have an interest in showing us just how miraculous you are. So Jesus, open our eyes to the things that we may not have seen if we weren't looking for them. Open our eyes to you and what you're doing. Let us hear your voice and your instruction to give and also to receive in the freedom of your abundance. So Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Peter. <clears throat> so that is... That book is called The Blessed Life, and what we're hearing there is the blessing of God, of course. And I am going to share with us the next couple weeks this truth that is so important to know. You know, the opposite of a blessing is a curse, to be cursed. And Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And every curse that could possibly ever come upon us came on Jesus, that all the blessings due to Jesus might be made available to us. That is the truth. Um, in this teaching here, I want to thank Derek Prince, who's in heaven now, but, uh, and I will be having some quotes from him as we go into this. But I'm going to read a scripture first. It's Galatians 3, 13 and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And that's the broken law, of course, where sin came in. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Let's say that together. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And we'll be looking into what that that is, but the, the truth is that in this time, you know, Easter's coming in two weeks, well, it's 17th, and uh, now we're thinking of the time that Jesus was taking the curse for us and the cross, the old rugged cross, and what transpired there, and Knowing the reality of it, knowing it for ourselves, receiving it, and then walking in it, the truth of it, that it's not by anything that we have done that we're freed from the curse, but it's by what Jesus has done for us. Um, I'm going to read that scripture from the Passion Translation. There it says, Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. It's interesting how this is put here. He absorbed the curse completely. 
As he became a curse in our place, he became a curse. For it is written, everyone who is hung upon a tree is cursed. Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives. So we should not be living under the curse or in a curse. Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives. By faith we can receive that wholeness and that salvation from him in my life and your life and those that are watching as well online with us and know this. And if you've already received it, are you, here's the question, are you walking in it? Or are you still thinking that you have to earn it yourself, even after you have once received the wholeness and fullness? So that the blessing, so that in him all the blessing of Abraham can be poured out upon the Gentiles. And now through faith we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. So every curse, this is the great exchange that took place, that every curse that might have come on you and on me came on Jesus instead, that all the blessings due to Jesus might be made available for us. Jesus was, in truth, made a curse in our place that we may receive the blessing of Abraham, it says in the Word. In what ways was Abraham blessed? Well, let's go back to Genesis 24.1 and look at that and find out. It says, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in what? All things, New King James says. The God's Word translation says, By now Abraham was old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. Is this possible? That in our lives that we would receive blessing from God in every way? Genesis 24, 1, Good News Translation. Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in everything he did. In everything he did. The blessing of Abraham covers every area of our lives, and that is the blessing that was made available to us through faith, not through our works, not through our being good enough, In exchange, in the exchange that took place when Jesus was made a curse for us on the cross. So, looking closer at the curse, you know, what is the curse? Um, a curse is everything pertaining to death. A blessing, we would say, is everything pertaining to life. The word says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin 
going way back to Adam and Eve, but then all the way through, has been what separates us from blessing. It's because it separates us from God. That's what sin does. You could think of sin that way, that sin separates from God, from good, from life. It separates us. That's what it does. And sin is missing the mark. It's going contrary to the word of God, and it always brings death to us in our lives. That's what it does. Uh, we, could, we could say it this way, that the curse is the absence of the blessing. Um, without the cross and Jesus' sacrifice of himself there, the curse would still be upon us. But the blessing is anything that is good. A curse is anything that is not good. Or we could say anything that's bad. I know this sounds elementary, but sometimes people, even Christians, can get curses and blessings mixed up. But we're just being real down to earth simple, you might say, in explaining here today that the curse is something that's against you. Something that is harmful to you. Something that is destructive to you. Or we could say, broaden out to your family, to your marriage, to your relationships, to your workplace, to your life in whatever way. It's something that's hurtful. But the blessing is something that's beneficial, helpful. Something that enables you, that empowers you. So are we getting this? The curse is anything that is not good? Anything that is bad? And the blessing is just the opposite. God is good, the devil is bad. Bad things that come in our life are from who? Say it. And the good things are from a blessing is something that is from God. A curse is something that is from the devil. A blessing releases the power or the force you might say, of the fruit of God's spirit to spring up through our spirits and into our lives and positively permeate the atmosphere of our lives and those that we're around. A curse ushers in the bondages of the fruit of the flesh. The flesh-dominated person, or spirit, we might say, and negatively permeates the atmosphere around us. So, here's some examples of blessings or curse that line up with the fruit of the Spirit that we see in Galatians 5. We know that the fruit of God's Spirit, or we could say the blessing, is love. But the curse would be 
hate. Or another way to put it is the absence of love. And see, someone that is not in Christ Jesus, that is where they are. That is the place that they're in if we have not received Jesus as our Savior. This is the day. This is the hour of salvation in the earth. It's the hour, I believe, of the greatest harvest of people coming in, of souls, of people coming into the kingdom of God that this world has ever seen. It is the time. But without Jesus, without making our own, making, receiving for ourselves what Jesus did on that cross, we're, we're walking in death. Remember what death is? It's separation from God. And God is love. He's the agape kind of love, which is the kind of love that isn't fickle. It's not on again, off again. It's there. It's strong. It's steady. It's steadfast. So it's the day. If you haven't received Jesus as your Savior, this is your day. Just call upon him. What you need to do is believe the word that says that Jesus is the Son of God, that he lived on this earth, he walked on this earth, he was God, fully God and fully man, and he died for you on the cross. This is the message of Good Friday. This is the message of Easter. This is the message of Resurrection Day. Salvation, the blessing of God come to mankind. But until that time, we're walking under the dominion, under the lordship, the heavy hand of the curse, and Satan, the author of the curse. We don't want to be there. We don't want to be there. Because then we're separated from love. So joy, the next fruit of the Spirit, blessing brings forth joy. It releases the joy in our life. Joyce had that word. God is desiring to release the joy in our lives. If we're not experiencing the joy, we're experiencing a measure of what would be we'd call a curse. Of depression, maybe that's a good terminology that would be the curse in relation to joy. We could say the absence of joy or the curse. Joy flow. Joy flow. Did you know that if you have received Jesus as your Savior, the joy of God is within your spirit? But you need to have your thoughts there that this is the truth and focus on Jesus right in the midst of the storm like we sang about this morning. Because right in the midst of the storm you can be experiencing joy. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
Others may be in the midst of a storm right now that that joy hasn't been released. Well, it can be released right now. Know you not that you are the house, the temple of God's very spirit? God's spirit lives right inside of you. And God's spirit is love. God's spirit is joy. Next one is peace. That's the next fruit of the spirit. And that's blessing. Peace is a blessing. Inward peace. Peace that passes understanding. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. In the world you will have tribulation. This is John 16, 33. He says, in the world, yes, you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And it's power to affect or hurt you. I've overcome the world. It goes back to Jesus. It goes back to the cross and what he did for us. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. Say this, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. And all these things we're talking about here today are part of that curse, but also the blessing. The opposite of peace, we could say unrest. Or we could say the absence of peace again. Because that's what all these things are. Until we receive Christ, where Jesus is our Savior, we are in eternal death. But when we receive him by faith, faith in what? In God's word, what it says. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. And that's what we can have in him today if we haven't had it before. The next one I have here, the next blessing, which is in line with the fruit of the Spirit, it's I called it patient endurance. You could call it patience or patient endurance. And the curse, we could call it, well, let me add to that, patient endurance in faith in God, or the curse would be called quick to quit in disgust. Quick to quit believing, maybe is a good word to put it. Believing in the Word, in God. Things in life, the enemy's a liar. John 8, 44 says he's, a, I think it's 44 or 33, 44, says he is a liar and the father of lies. That's what Satan is. And what he'll try to do to us to say, no, that blessing isn't for you. 
you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You got too much shame. Some of the songs we sang this morning talked about these things. You're not good enough. And you might as well just quit this walk with God. You might as well quit believing. Why even try? That's part of the curse, that kind of thinking. But the blessing and the anointing, the empowering of God comes through the blessing of that patient endurance in faith being steadfast right through the midst of the greatest trial. Some of you are in the midst of great trials. Some of you have been there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Most people in life who lived long enough have been there to some pretty hard places. But this is where we need to be in patient endurance in Christ Jesus. Not quick to quit in disgust. Next one is a blessing there of the line where the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. And I'd call it kindness in action. Part of the curse, living under a curse, cursed type thing, would be harshness in action. Another one, the next one is goodness displayed. But the curse living under that would be the badness displayed in our lives through us. The blessing is faith. The curse, doubt. The blessing, quiet strength. Or some scriptures call it, translations say meekness. It's not weakness. But it's quiet strength. That's a blessing to be able to walk in that way, in a quiet strength in the midst of life. Quiet strength, rather than a loud weakness, which is a curse. A blessing of self-control versus no self-control. All of these blessings, the blessings, are made available to us only, say only, only through the great redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross. On the cross, what he did because he was made a curse for us. And whatever measure, God wants to release the full blessing in our lives, in your life. His full blessing on all these areas we mentioned. Next week we're going to look at more. More things. But, but was it this morning or yesterday? I was just asked, I had been studying this, I think it was yesterday. And by the way, our Team, why don't you come up, our worship team, to get ready for a final song here. I was just, I was getting something to drink, I think, and went in the kitchen and 
and I got a glass of water. I said, Lord, is there anything else? I mean, how, how do you want, what else would you have with this message for tomorrow? I think it was yesterday this happened, and, and, and he brought it home to me. He says, how about you, Steve? He says, what areas are you not walking now in your life in the full blessing? Where are you still living under the curse? And the thing is, maybe in some of our lives, it's a measure of it. I mean, we've grown and we have a great measure of the blessing in a certain area of our life. But there's more to go, more to grow, to get released, get out of that old casket or those grave clothes or whatever you want to call them, to get released further to a further point. For some, you know what, maybe, you know, here's a question, is sickness a blessing or a disease? I mean, is it a blessing or a curse? I heard two or three people say curse. It wasn't a resounding word. I know when I'm sick, I sure don't see it as a blessing. You say, well, maybe it brought you closer to God. Well, this is what should bring me closer to God. And I'm thankful when it does bring us closer to God. And I've seen that happen. Let's be people that are in the Word, that we don't have to have a curse come to make us run to God. Amen? Do you see that? What we're saying? So, we just would receive of your blessing. I started thinking about that. You know, I've talked to you about fear in my life, spirit of fear, anxiety attacks that I used to have, and I've come... I've come so far and being released from that kind of stuff. But you know what the Lord is saying? There's still more. There's still more of a freedom that you can have in me. And what is it for you in your life? What is it for you in your life? Well, now is the time to receive it. And we do. Lord, we know that we're not under the curse. We're not under the law. We're under the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you for the cross, Lord. We thank you. We're going to have the worship team lead us in one more song. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah.
Yeah. Hey. 
to you. If it's the first time, just come to Jesus. Receive him now as your Savior. We say, Lord, we need a Savior. For we have missed it. We have sinned. From that grave, there's an empty grave, and you're alive. We receive your spirit into our very beings, into new life. Or maybe some, we come back to you, Lord. We've fallen, we've drifted, we've been away. Since traces of that old curse trying to come back, we just release it to you in Jesus' name. We come back running back in Jesus' name. In this day, in this hour, of your outpouring of your spirit, we come, we return to you now. We sense you're calling us you say come and sup with me open the door of your heart full complete surrender we surrender all to Jesus in our lives in Jesus name hallelujah we welcome anyone to come up for prayer after the service here now or whatever your need might be. Remember the fellowship meal? We want to invite everyone to stay for fellowship today and with the meal. And we'll have the team sing just a little more for us as we go. I can hear the feet of Father
shame join us for a fellowship meal today. We're probably just going to keep vamping out here, but if you're free to stay or leave, and we just like to jam out, I guess, so we're just going to keep playing, but...